Thank you for all the encouragement. Hey, it's great you're able to join us for our Thanksgiving service. We're being thankful to God and one another. And if you were there on Wednesday, what an overflowing time of Thanksgiving. There was such an incredible vibe and energy as people shared their gratefulness toward God and one another. And you got to hear how other people are involved in each other's lives. It was incredibly cool, and I was really encouraged. Hopefully you were as well. And there is still more to be thankful for. And here are a few things that we can all be thankful for. First, our sister Vivian is now engaged to Mel. Mel is here this morning for Puppet Again. Where is Mel? Oh, there he is. Go ahead and stand up, brother. They are engaged to be married. Vivian is, is spending time with her family this morning, so keep, keep them in your prayers. But how exciting is that, bro? And soon he will be moving to New Zealand. That's exciting. And I'm very thankful for that. Beside him, we can be thankful for our brother Jordan King, who is visiting this morning. Stand up, Jordan. There you go, bro. He is from our sister church in Perth, but we all know where Jordan's home is. It's in New Zealand, bro. It's in New Zealand. And we have our sisters from the South Island, or sorry, one's from the South Island, one's from Wellington. So Hannah from Wellington is here with her son Joseph. Where is Hannah? There she is. Hannah! Great to see you. And our son Joseph's in the kids' ministry. And then also Maria from Christchurch is right there. Hey, Maria. Great to have you. And p- part of our gratitude is being dressed in our cultural attire. So you might see some of that. Of course, my attire says America. But there's still more to be thankful for. There are not one... Not two, but three people getting baptized today. That's awesome. That is so cool. And we're going to see Christian and Francesca get baptized today after church. It's going to be awesome. And then at 1.30, Hearn Bay, Hamilton Beach will be Chloe Igalani at 1.30. Yes. Amen. Let's have a prayer. Church is done. That is so inspiring. It's so, it's so moving to see God doing incredible things in our lives and so much to be thankful for. This morning we'll have a lesson and then after that we'll take communion combined in that. And then we'll have all the kids and all the kids ministry workers come up. And then we're, we're going to thank people publicly for their work they do for God and the church. We'll have some people come on stage as well. And then we'll see the baptism and then we'll share some food together. This is an incredible day already. So let's pray and then let's dive into our lesson for this morning. Father, we're grateful we can come before you. We're grateful that we can sing. We're grateful we can hear the scriptures, that we can have the Lord's Supper together. And God, it's so exciting to see people becoming Christians. We pray that the words that are read today are relevant to our lives, our minds and hearts, that we embrace them and live them and preach them, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So how many of you are parents? Raise your hand. So, yeah, for, for those of us that are parents, you normally have to kind of shine a spotlight on moments that deserve thanks for your children. If you've ever had birthday parties for your kid, you have to teach them, 
Say thank you. Right? And, 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 and so, or you have to kind of prompt them when you're out. Hey, you know what, kids? It's pretty sweet that mom and dad took you out for some ice cream. Hey. Oh, thanks. Gee, thanks, guys. Right? You kind of prompt that. Or when you're at someone's house, hey, how, how cool is it that they invited you over for a sleepover? That's pretty sweet. Hey. Oh, thanks for having me over. Right? So we often have to do those things and and zero in on moments where we try to train our kids to be grateful. And maybe we have to do that even as adults sometimes. But why is that? Why do we do that? Well, gratitude isn't really that natural. And if you don't believe me, just hang around some kids and try to take their stuff for a little while. And you'll see, because it's kind of ingrained in us. That we are selfish. And we need somebody to shine lights on these moments to say, hey, this, this is a great opportunity to be thankful. And we don't want to just get them in the habit of, okay, what do you say? Thank you. It's like brushing your teeth or making your bed. But we want to shine these lights and say, look at what's happened here. And what, what should your response be? Let's train each other to be grateful. And for Christians, the Bible is that spotlight, isn't it? It kind of shines the light on these moments that deserve gratitude. It shines light on facts about Jesus and his life and facts about God that help us see, wow, look what God has done. Look who he is. Look what he's doing. Oh, thanks, God. That's the idea when we read through the Bible. And so the Bible has a solution for our selfishness. And it's gratitude. And so this morning we have one point in two minutes. No, just kidding. If you were there Wednesday night, you're familiar with that. But we're just going to talk about thanking God this morning. That's our only point. And then we'll take communion together. And then afterwards we'll thank some people. And then we'll have a meal together. Turn to Psalm 107. There are many, many instances of thankfulness, of thanks, and gratitude in the Bible. But I found this really cool psalm that we're going to read and really concentrate on what it means to thank God this morning. In Psalm 107, starting in verse 1, we're going to read the whole chapter. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Sounds like something Alberto was singing just a few minutes ago. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands, from the east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains. Because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. 
He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down gates of bronze and he cuts through bars of iron. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice, thank offerings, and tell of his works with songs of joy. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. And their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wit's end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm. And he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He turned rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground and fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who live there. He turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs There he brought the hungry to live, and they founded a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them, and their numbers greatly increased, and he did not let their herds diminish. Then their numbers decreased, and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in a trackless waste." But he lifted up the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. The upright see and rejoice, but all the wicked will shut their mouths. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. What an incredible psalm to give thanks. And what we learn from this is is God has trained Israel, like parents, train their kids to be thankful. Because it's not natural. When he rescued Israel from Egypt, one of the things he did was build gratitude into the fabric of their nation. One of the things they were supposed to do when they came to the temple temple is found in Leviticus 7. And these are regulations for the fellowship offering anyone may present to the Lord. If they offer it as an expression of thankfulness, then along with this thank offering, they are to offer thick loaves made without yeast. And the passage goes on and on and on. But the idea was that when they came to the temple, God said, why don't you come with gratitude in your hearts, because I've rescued you, I've saved you, I've pulled you from slavery. What should your response be? And so he wanted to train them to have this gratitude. And so as Israel forms as a nation, when they meet 
kind of like we meet together. They would start to say things like this at the beginning of their services. Hey, let's give thanks to the Lord for He is good. And so when you read through the Psalms, there's over and over this overflowing expression of when we come to worship God, let's start by being thankful. In addition, these Psalms, when the Jews who lived abroad, when they would come to Jerusalem, they would read these and often they would sing these Psalms out loud as they traveled to Jerusalem. And the Psalm we just read, 107, is an example of that. It's a worship song. It's post-exile. They've been, they've been allowed to come back to their homeland. And the song is saying, let, let everybody think about where they've been, what God has done, and let's give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. This was originally composed as part of a Thanksgiving service for Israel to come together and say, let's just thank God for what He has done. And it has pretty impressive examples of the human condition, doesn't it? There, there's four of them in there, and on all four accounts, what are they urged to do? Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. If you look at verses 4 through 9, those are people that are unsettled. They don't know where to go. They don't have cities. And then God settles them and helps them find a place to rest. In verses 10 through 16, there's people that are imprisoned and chained and stuck. And then God sets them free. And they're called to give thanks. In verses 17 through 22, people make bad choices. And they suffer the consequences of those choices. But they turn to God, God heals them, and they're called to give thanks. And then 23 and following, if you're out on the ocean and experiencing storms, and you think, I'm bound for the grave, and then God rescues you, you're called to give thanks as well. And after every account, that refrain is seen over and over. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. And so when we read this, and as they read it, and as we kind of get the sense of what it's, what it's trying to communicate, is that for every human experience underneath the sun, and every human reality that we encounter, God wants to save from that encounter. He wants to reach down. He wants to help you. He wants to grab you. He wants to set you free. He wants to get you settled. He wants to rescue you from danger. And when he does so, we are called to give thanks. And that's kind of the core essence of Christianity, giving thanks, isn't it? That's what we're called to do. When we recognize what a divine being has done for us, it helps us give thanks. And it helps us get rid of selfishness. Even the world... Psychologists and sociologists, it, they have all these studies. University of California, University of Baylor. There's like a specific area devoted to studying out gratitude. And even people who are not religious, they say when they practice gratitude, there's so many benefits for people that just learn to give thanks. And some of the results are people are happier, more optimistic, more hopeful, less anxiety and depression, fewer illnesses, better sleep. In other words, when we're grateful, even in our gratitude, God is still good by blessing us because we're being grateful. And so it's like gratitude upon gratitude. 
And, and even non-religious people understand that being grateful is a good thing. God knew this for Israel and He wanted to teach and train them to be thankful. And He wants to teach us and be thankful as well. How are some ways we can thank God? Well, there's a, there's a lot of ways, aren't there, that we can give thanks to God. One is for water. Water is great. But one thing that you see over and over in the Bible, this is just a sampling, is you give thanks to God by singing. Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 27, the Levites were sought out. They dedicated the walls of Jerusalem. And they sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. When they built the temple, they said, let's give thanks to God by having a worship concert, basically, is what happens. Psalm 42, verse 4, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. That's what I go to the temple to do, to sing to God. Psalm 69, verse 30, I will praise God's name in song and glorify Him with thanksgiving. Now, over and over, there's, it's combined. Singing and gratitude. And so when we, when we come to church, I'm not sure how you view singing at church. Especially as men. It's not normal that men go somewhere and just sing. Right? And, and so, as a man, you know, it's kind of, there has to be something to motivate me to come and see, sing to a being that I can't see. And then on top of that, to actually kind of be genuinely fired up to do so. Without being weird. You know, I think, man, there, there's something to this gratitude thing. Because I, I, I know that growing up, there was a kind of skepticism as I watched people in church. And they were kind of like, you know, really excited. And, and, but but majority of the men are just kind of skeptical. Like, what is going on here? And why are we doing this? And I can't read the words. And I don't know this song. And I don't know the tune. And I think, well, but when you're grateful... Who cares? Who cares? I'm not sure how involved you get in worship. And I'm not saying we need to turn it into a concert, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But how you sing reflects your gratitude. It really does. And when you're focused, because I, look, we're all tempted by this, but I, I get so distracted in the first two or three songs. You know, where's my, where's my iPad? Is it on? Is it hooked up? Is it linked to John? Where's the slideshow? Who's doing it? Oh, give thanks to the Lord. And where is that brother? You know, like, no, let me just be grateful. I know we're all tempted with that. But in our song, we reflect our gratitude toward God. And our worship, it reflects our gratitude toward God. When you sing, think about that. Before you come to church, think about that. How grateful am I? So when I sing to God, it could be a genuine reflection of my gratitude. When are we supposed to thank God? Well, all the time, right? That's kind of what they say. Well, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. But and it's easy to thank God when everything is awesome. When the lawn is mowed and all the traffic lights are green and everybody says hello to you and the weather's nice. Hey, God is awesome. Thank you for the traffic lights and the weather and the lawn. But what about when things aren't awesome? That's what really reflects 
our true gratitude. Look at this chat. Look at this verse from Habakkuk. You probably didn't know that's a book in the Bible, but it is Habakkuk. It's in the Old Testament. Chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Listen to what Habakkuk says. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Amen, Amen is right. That's... That's challenging. That, who is like that? Who does that? Except people who understand God's goodness. Hey, when everything is not going well, I'll rejoice in the Lord and God my Savior. When the bank account is zero or negative, I will rejoice. And John o says, Amen. When the cupboard is empty, I will rejoice. When we can't get to our parking spots because of construction on church Sunday, I will rejoice. When the kids are arguing in the car on the way to church and I say, stop, let's go worship God. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. When they wake you up at 2 a.m. in the morning and you think they're sick and you say, no, let's rejoice in the Lord. When you're looking for jobs, And nobody's giving you a job offer. It's hard. And hey, look, life gives us unexpected dramas and problems and curveballs. But those are the moments that really reveal our gratitude. That's what really reveals that. Or it reveals our lack of it. Because when those moments hit, you can see people that are joyful when everything's good suddenly become cynical. And suddenly become complaining. And suddenly become drowning in their own self-pity. And you can see it kind of happen as their world shrinks to they're just them. And it's just this selfishness that's happening. And you try to say something, oh, but you don't understand. But yes, I know, but when there's no sheep in the pen, when there's no grapes on the vine, at some point, you got to get grateful. It may not happen immediately, and most likely it won't, but it has to happen at some point. We all must become grateful. And what it really is, it's not not ignoring. It's not being just airy-fairy and saying, oh, God is good and he'll take care of everything, even though my house's family is falling apart. But it's really saying, despite whatever's going on, God will, in his goodness, overcome evil. And I believe that. These current situations, yeah, they're not great, and I'm not going to ignore them. But I will rejoice, even when there's no grapes on the vine, even when there's no cattle in the pen. Gratitude must come. What happens if it doesn't come? Romans one twenty one says what happens. Paul writes to the church in Rome, and he says, For although they knew God... They neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. This is an indictment on humanity. They knew there was some creator, they knew there was some God, but they didn't give him his respect, and they didn't thank him. And as a result, their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And if you know that verse, the rest of it goes on to describe a pretty wicked depravity. 
But at its center starts with people who are not grateful. That's the first step into this spiral of depravity. And King Nebuchadnezzar is an example of that in the Old Testament. He thinks, I did this myself. Snuff God. And what happens? He becomes a flat out animal. I mean, that's what happens. We become animal-like. Or we don't give God His praise. And so the idea is that we develop a discipline of being grateful. When we come to church, we sing. We develop a discipline of being grateful. When we have meals, we say a prayer. We develop a discipline of being grateful. As a church, we need to set aside times like this and Wednesday where we develop the discipline of being grateful. Because we've all seen people who in their older age are not thankful. And it, it twists them. Even You can see it in their face. You can see them kind of bent up, shriveled up, hardened, because they're not grateful. But people who are grateful, they're softer, they're lighter, they can enjoy life. When you're not grateful, it begins a path for a big, big, wretched journey. Plus, it, 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 it gives the impression we're self-reliant. And, 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 if, and if you don't believe that, just think back to your first 18 years. And who flat out took care of you for the especially your first five or six years. There's no way you lived on your own. You flat were fed and take care of for a lot of your life. And guess what? When you get older, it's probably going to happen again. And so to say, no, I mean, we, we depend on each other. We depend on some source of goodness. But when we don't give thanks, we become similar to pagans who don't recognize God as the source of all goodness. As we conclude to take communion, one of the most profound ways we give thanks is by taking communion. Paul writes to the church in Corinth. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 and 24. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks. That word thanks, you probably have heard this in your church experience somewhere, Eucharist. It's a common word. That's the Greek word translated into thanks in 1 Corinthians 11. People say, well, what is the Eucharist? Oh, it's the Lord's Supper. Well, what does it mean? It means Thanks. Often, when it's translated in the New Testament, the Greek word Eucharist is translated thanks. And so when we take the Lord's Supper, it is an actual thank you, God, for sending your Son and Him dying and resurrecting on the cross. I am so thankful that you allowed me an opportunity to be reconciled to you. Thank you, God. That's the most profound way. We, we, and we practice this discipline every Sunday in order to be thankful. And as we, as brothers and sisters who believe in Jesus, let, let us develop this discipline of being thankful. When we come to church, let's be, let's be grateful in our singing. And let's be grateful for all the song leaders who pour themselves out to lead us in worship. And as we take the communion this morning, let's become a community who regularly thanks God. Let's pray together. Father, we are, we are grateful. And 
And I bet that we often lose sight of that. And I really pray that you help us to keep it front and center. And I, I don't want to try to live an imaginary life where everything's just great and everything always goes well. But even when things are at their worst, help us to be a people who finds a reason to rejoice. Because there are many, many reasons. And Father, we, we are so grateful for your Son who came to earth and lived as a human and experienced what it was like to be a human and came to his own creation, yet his own creation didn't even recognize him. We're so grateful for his sacrifice, and he did it willingly and lovingly. And I pray that it really does start to develop in each and every one of us a profound sense of gratitude. And that's the motive for our lives. Not duty, not ritual, Not routine, gratitude. And as we take communion, help us to really focus our minds and our hearts on the risen Lord to help us be grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Not not often does this happen, but that was actually perfect timing. The song's in it and the kids have come up right on cue. That's awesome. We're thankful for our kids' ministry. And what we wanted to do is just take some, a few moments to thank people. We, we've talked about thanking God in, in the service. But now as we conclude our service, one of the other ways you can do it is by thanking people. And when, when you see in the New Testament the letters from Paul, it's a tremendous amount of thanking people. And so that's what we're going to take time to do this morning. For instance, in Romans chapter 1, verse 8, he writes, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, for your faith. So there is Paul thanking God for other people. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Once again, just a continuous amount of praise and thanks for people. 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 2, We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. And so this, this is such an inspiring aspect of the Christian life too, is we get to actually thank one another. And so what we're going to take some time to do is publicly ask people to stand who have served or are currently serving in the church and really just acknowledge, hey, thank you so much for serving God and for serving our church. Amen? And then we have the kids up here to see this as well, so we can, we can all practice our gratitude together. So the first, the first lot, the first group of people, will just have stand, and then after that, we'll have several people join us on stage. So here we go. First of all, we'd like, uh, this could be a name of a band, but Jono and the worship ministry, if you guys could all stand up, we'd like to thank you. Thank you so much for leading us in worship. Awesome. And if, if you don't know, you will know now, our, our classic, iconic BBB, Brothers Barbecue and Beverage, or Bible Barbecue and Beverage, um, has transitioned, and now someone else is looking after that and taking over that role. And so we want to recognize the, the people that are helping that, the Milburns and Nicole Audi. If you guys could stand up, they're looking after our BBB. It's awesome. 
Thank you so much. They were so thankful that they actually added an additional component. The GGG. And Nicole, what does the GGG stand for? Ah, you see what she did there. All right. So thank you guys so much for, for doing that. And their faces will be on the screen, but I'd like for all of these people to stand as well. In our church, if all the deacons and their wives could stand up. These guys, along with their wives, serve our church in a tremendous way. And we're grateful for your service. Thank you so much. Many of them serve in an additional capacity as Bible talk leaders. So if you're here as a guest this morning, we have smaller groups throughout the region. And some of those lead smaller groups in our region as well. In addition to them, we also have some more people who lead Bible talks. And I'd like for these people to stand. The Gabucons, the Beekmans, the Nichols, the Smiths, the Salamos, and Tim as he leads the Bible talk at uni. You guys, thank you so much for your work. Yeah, Tim, in his traditional attire. <laughs> Where are you from, bro? <laughs> we, <laughs> we'd like for these people to stand. Look, our Hope Committee has done a crazy awesome job. Incredible. So Duncan, Mary, Anna, Brendan, John, Abhijit, Alan, and Pete. These guys have worked in a tremendous way to really help our Hope Committee program. And 2020 is looking equally awesome. Thank you so much for all your work in the Hope Committee. Who do we have next? Also, there are some financial and legal matters that get handled by our church. And, and the, this is the group that handles all of this. And so we want to thank our trustees and ask them to stand up. Uh, that's Chris McDonald, Olaf, Tilly, Gerald. That's John Hunter on the bottom right. He's hard to find a photo of online, man. <laughs> but that kind of looks like your outline. Hey, those guys do a lot of work behind the scenes to really make sure our church moves forward financially and legally. So thank you so much for your work as well. And then... These couples have helped out in, in the kids' ministry, in our preteens' ministry. So we'd like the Browns, the Otillas, if Jane is here, and Aaron Davies as well. Those guys help out in a tremendous way for our preteens and kids' ministry. So there are the Browns back there. There's Aaron over there. Where's the Ortilla? There's the Ortillas there. And there's Jane. Where's Jane? Is she serving in the kids right now? See, that's what I'm talking about. Thank you, Jane. That's what I'm talking about right there. And then, we can't forget how this all happens on a Sunday morning, how the sound becomes clear. So we got to thank Beatrice and Roland for helping us in the sound audio, man. You guys, you guys rock. And what we've done for people that, have, that are moving to New Zealand from sister churches, we've developed a welcome committee, and the, the Stonemans have taken that role on. So we want to thank you guys so much. We're Paul and Glenda. They're probably welcoming somebody right now. Thank you so much. 
And, and that's a helpful thing to know. Whenever somebody moves here, point them to the Stonemans. They'll help them get acclimated and tell them how it works here and how they should stay here forever and all that kind of stuff. So that's what we got going on there. And then what we also want to do is uh, call my wife up and then Caleb as well. We, we want to thank some people, like Paul says here in, in Colossians chapter 2. This is kind of a, a, an inspiring passage right there, isn't it? Colossians chapter 2 verse 1. Paul Paul says this to the church in Corinth. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. What's the idea there? He's letting the church know, hey, look, I work hard for you guys. And I'm not going to try to hide it. I want you to know because I work hard because of the gospel and to help you mature in Christ. And so we want to call up people just to let you guys know how hard these couples work for God and for the church. We'd like to call up Leslie and Lizelle, Chris and Aaron, Duncan and Mary, Scott and Anna, John and Amine, Tyson and Chloe, Cress and Amber. Scott and Anna are coming in the back door. Nice move. <laughs> Surprise. Is oh, so Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Representing the McDonald's. He's doing fire service today. Look at that. We're so thankful for his service all over the place. Look, Chris and Aaron do a tremendous amount of work for the church. Not, a, not only administration and how the accounting runs, and, but they do a lot of like organizational stuff that really helps out our church in a big, big way. And they're always willing to step up and fill gaps wherever is needed. They put in a lot of hours to make sure our church runs smoothly because that is not my gift at all. So I'm so grateful and thankful for you, Chris and Aaron. If you could, uh, McDonald's, come on over. And also, last year our our church hosted a program that brought international members from, you know, international all over the world. And we took on a project that was massive for the size of our church. But it went awesome. And in addition to this, they really spend lots of time and thought and energy into our HOPE program. And we just want to thank Duncan and Barry tremendously for all of your work. If you're a parent and you have kids, you are aware that our children's ministry has been radically revolutionized. That, and that is not an understatement. Okay? And, and we just want to thank Leslie and Lizelle publicly because they put so much time, effort, energy, creativity into this kids program. It is awesome. It's impacting our kids. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for working in our kids ministry. that other churches around the world have now called us and adopted our program and they've sent it over so it's spreading the word around the world Uh, but I just wanted to uh, share about the region leaders 
So Auckland, if you are from here, you know it's so spread out and there's people all over. It takes so long to get from one end to the other. Um, and so how we organize a church is having spiritual leaders over different regions and it's all voluntary and they're incredibly great-hearted. And you know whatever region you're in, you know who these people are who do the spiritual work and the shepherding of the people in the church in that region of Auckland. Um, and those couples are the Ismails for the central and south. Southeast, um, and I just read them all off And the Cushmans and Saloons do the North Region, and Chris and Amber do the Cat Ministry. Yes. And but the amount of time and effort they put into building the church, um, aside from their normal working jobs, is so much. They give their whole hearts, and we just want to really um, acknowledge all the work they've done this year. So, Oh, sneak attack. I, I am going to say something very sneaky. I doubt very much whether Dave and Megan have organised someone to say thank you for them at the end of this. So... <laughs> one, there's one more. There's one more. Sorry. <laughs> okay, you go first. Alright. <laughs> I just want to express my gratitude uh, to the clients. You know, um, they do so much for the teens. They're so involved. Um, I, and I'm sure all the teens, you know, love them very, very much. Um, yeah, thank you so much on behalf of the teens. Come on. But I just want to say thank you on behalf of the church for David and Megan uh, for their, their faith, their hard work, their caring concern, their boasting us, boasting of the church when they go overseas. Just how much you guys have helped us grow not only in numbers but in our faith and our love for each other and our love for God. And we're very grateful for you guys. And you guys deserve a big thanks. Because you're all awesome, and we do boast about you all over the world. And uh, so why don't, why don't we have, um, you guys can all have a seat. Thank you again for all of your work and service. And there are a few things working in the mix here. So I'm going to ask Richard to explain one of those, being how we're going to eat. Not how we're going to eat, but <laughs> not how it works. But the organizational bit of it. And then, after he prays, what's going to happen is we're all going to go outside for the double baptism yeah! of Christian and Francesca. All right? There'll be a, a, a few bits of sharing outside, and then we'll go and have food. So, Richard, baptism, food. I give you Richard. All right.